I, I'm, I'm beaming in tonight from um, Isme, um, Isme's room in the Cuba flat. So uh, I can see like there's a whole bunch of people behind this concrete wall. Um, so can I? Yeah. They're my heart. That's great. Um, good to be with you. Must admit, haven't left my house in a long time um, and, and come to Cuba. And I think I'm like in the early stages of hypothermia. Um, so like if you just see me go blue and fall over, it's because um, I've like frozen my drink bottles that got icicles in it. Um, but no, it's good. It's, it's really good to be together. Um, so yeah, so good, eh? Like been such a long time since I've seen some of your, your faces in the flesh. Um, and has also been cool during lockdown to keep in touch with a few of the crew um, and know that we are quite a creative crew as well and that creative things have happened um, during lockdown. Like, I would love to know the, um, the amount of sourdough and kgs that was baked by Blue Brinters um, while we were all locked up inside. Uh, and just, like, evidence of our creativeness I saw on Stuff this week, Chelsea and Etienne. Um, there was a photo of blueprinters doing what blueprinters do best which is um knitting and talking um so i was just like yeah evidence that we are out in the community um doing creative things um my sort of creative input during lockdown was pretty nil just sort of binge watched harry potter um and that was my contribution to the world um and yeah so that's uh, that was me but that actually helped me form a really good anecdote for this evening and um, we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts and um, hopefully you've all seen Harry Potter and if you haven't then like required reading from the Blueprint Library is, um, is Harry Potter series um, but there's a scene in, in Harry Potter in the first in the first movie in the Philosopher's Stone where Harry um, is like staying with his, uh, his adopted family and this guy Hagrid turns up and um, Hagrid is explaining to Harry that he is a is a wizard and Harry doesn't know it um, and he's like talking about you know like have you ever done anything that you you couldn't explain um, and he's like you're a wizard Harry and then all of a sudden Harry realizes that he has this power um, but interestingly it's like a power that he's had his whole life and for me that that sort of picture reminds me of kind of my journey with spiritual gifts I desperately wanted someone to turn up when I was 11 years old and tell me I was a wizard. Um, didn't happen, but I have become a Christian, which is, is better. Yeah, just listening to the reaction, it's good times. Um, yeah, so in terms of spiritual giftings, um, we're about to kick off a series over the next 10 weeks where we're going to be looking at what are the giftings and, and how does God want to equip us to go about and do um, the work that he has uh, put on our hearts uh, in our communities. Um, yeah, so for me, like I said, I, I kind of had a weird, um, not coming from a Christian home, I never had a really good understanding of what spiritual gifts were. I wasn't sure if some people were sort of lucky to be gifted and if other people weren't lucky. And I kind of thought that I'd definitely fall into that unlucky category. Um, but when I became a Christian, I, um, I really wanted to, to push into this. You know, I was this punk kid from the provinces um, and I really wanted to see if God had anything for me that was special. And I, um, I remember my, this little country church I went to, they did the series on spiritual gifts about the same time. And I um, went to these, so like, you know, like in my community, there'd be like night classes every Wednesday and different um, at the school. There'd be like night classes, go and learn French or go and like learn how to, um, to build a house or shoot a duck or whatever. And um, my night classes were like the most nerdy of them all. I went to go to night classes to find out what my spiritual gifting was at church. 
um, and like just have these cringy memories of um, like turning up as a teenager with all these adults sitting in a room and um, trying to speak in tongues and um, looking like kind of like a complete fool. Um, so yeah, my experience left me not really knowing what my giftings were and kind of slightly apprehensive about trying to find them out again. Um, what I've learned since then and what I'm keen to sort of talk about tonight is that despite me not knowing what my giftings were, they were still there. They were just untouched and undervalued. So what is a spiritual gift and, and sort of what makes it spiritual? Well, every human has natural talents and, and aptitudes, particular skills and abilities that we develop over the course of our life. So you might be like a great runner, like the, um, the great runner within our midst, Hamish Dobby, or you might be an awesome communicator, like the big boss, Rose Morris, or a great singer like Ty. But as Christians, we're blessed with something extra special, spiritual gifts. And these gifts are extraordinary traits or abilities that God gives us in order to serve him and others. They're not things that we can earn or purchase or bargain for, and we're not born with them. We receive them when we accept Christ into our life. 1 Corinthians 12 uh, says, and this is the message version, God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit to all kinds of people. Such a cool um, picture of spiritual gifts. You know, this means that we are tasked when we know that, that God is handing out these gifts to us as Christians. Our kind of job is to figure out what are the gifts that we have received? What, are they, what do those gifts equip us for? And where are the places that God wants us to go into and use these gifts? So in terms of um, how we go about this and what our gifts look like, well, we can kind of be guided by scripture when it comes to what, um, what are the gifts on offer. Uh, the passage that I mentioned in Corinthians gives us some good examples. Uh, things like wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And we'll get into some of those more specific giftings as we go through our seasonal guide. So these are just some of the tools which we are gifted from the Holy Spirit, which grant us access into places and spaces to do things that we otherwise would not have been able to do without God. While some of these, got, these gifts are really obvious in, in, in real specific ways, such as speaking in tongues. If you see someone speaking in tongues, then you generally can, um, you can tell. Um, but other spiritual gifts are, are kind of subtle um, and barely recognizable. And that could be like the gift of wisdom, which can present itself in, in a quiet way um, to someone, and then they will impart that wisdom. So spiritual gifts, you know, they don't have to be grand or dramatic. If we're looking for the grand and dramatic gifts, then we can fall um, and fail to recognize the incredible power that God has placed within ourselves and some of the other giftings on offer. And that's kind of what Scotty gets to in the seasonal guide for this week. As I said, all Christians are gifted with these gifts. If you're a Christian, then you don't get a choice. They're there. It's just your choice whether or not you use them. 
these are supernatural tools that we're able to use for supernatural things. And when I say supernatural, I'm talking about things that go beyond our natural talent or ability, such as being able to heal for someone or speak a word of wisdom into someone's life exactly when they need it. We all have the power. And to, to swing back to my Harry Potter analogy, for those of you that get it, we can't be Christian muggles. We are all wizards. and um, We all have the power and the ability to harness what God has given us. That can be a hard thing to get your head around, especially if this is like a new concept that you haven't heard before. We have this power that makes things happen in the world in a really powerful way. And God will give us these special tools to make sure that happens. In fact, I reckon it's sometimes easier to pretend that we don't have those spiritual gifts because then we aren't responsible for using them. Like I can easily push the idea, and I think I did this for quite a long time in my walk, that I had a gift aside and feel like I don't deserve it or because I don't know how to use them. But that didn't diminish the existence or the importance that God had already um, placed in that gift that was within me. So as we start this series, I think the first point that we really need to, um, to hold on to is that um, we are all gifted, these gifts, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, you're not going to miss out. If you call uh, Christ Lord and um, you believe in him, then those gifts are fully on offer um, and he really wants to give them to you. So the only question really, or questions, is what gifts do I have and how am I going to use them? As I mentioned earlier, when I became a Christian, I was really eager to find out what these giftings were. And I had sort of visions of um, being able to do the miraculous and pray for people and make them fall over and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, as I said, the Bible makes clear we are all gifted and the Holy Spirit has empowered us and gives descriptions of what these giftings are. What the Bible isn't as clear on is how do we discover them? Um, now, Tim Keller, who's a good theologian, he, he sort of um, has three points that kind of uh, summarize how it might be a little bit easier to find what your giftings are. He says, first, you want to look at, like, what is your affinity? What human needs do you vibrate to? What interests you? And, like, what are your passions? And then you want to ask, what are your abilities? Like, what am I good at naturally? What do people say I'm effective in? And then I think more importantly, it's looking for opportunities because, um, you know, you can't utilize or find your gifts unless you're pushing into the opportunities that God may be giving you to try and explore what they are. You know, for some people, these giftings may be really obvious and um, good on you if that's what, if you know what your giftings are and they're clear, then that's awesome. But if you're sitting there thinking, you know, like I have no idea what they are, that's okay. Um, the series that we're doing will hopefully give you an understanding and opportunities to figure out what it is that God is wanting to give to you. For me, after my night classes of standing in circles, sort of doing tongue twisters, trying to speak in tongues, um, I kind of like, yeah, took a journey away from my spiritual giftings and, and stopped sort of pressing into them. Um, and it was about five years after that experience that um, I fully understood the importance of them. It was when I was in my first year of uni here at Vic, and um, I remember my dad called me and he was like, uh, your stepmom is quite ill and has had to go to hospital. Um, and it was kind of like, oh, that's no good, but it sounded like it wasn't too serious and um, she'd had some, like a bad asthma attack. And so um, sort of carried on. And then the next day he called and he's like, it's gotten really bad. You're going to have to come home. Um, and 
So drove back to Hawke's Bay and I got there and dad was like, yeah, the doctors have, have told me that she's gone downhill and um, it's, it's likely that we'll have to go to the hospital and there's a good chance that she's not going to be able to survive. And so all of a sudden, everything got serious really quickly. And uh, my, my family, I'm the only Christian in my family. And uh, I just remember thinking when we were driving to the hospital, like, man, is this an opportunity for me to pray for healing? You know, I, I've never healed anyone before. I feel so inadequate. Is there any point in doing it? Um, but I, I decided when we arrived at the hospital, I would, um, I would, I would go in and pray. And so um, we turned up and the doctors came outside and it was in the ICU unit. And uh, they were like, yeah, there's been no change. Um, we think that she's going to pass away and it would be good if you, you know, call your family and you gather together. And I had this little pocket Bible that um, I just used to like carry around in my, my uni bag that I had in my pocket. And um, we walked into the room and Sue, my stepmom, was connected up to all sorts of machines and um, she wasn't able to breathe on her own and that kind of thing. And so it was like really, really serious. And I just felt like so inadequate in that space and, and so under-equipped to be able to, to do anything. Uh, and as dad was talking to the doctor, I just went down and sat next to her and I just felt like I could maybe pray Psalm 23. So I prayed Psalm 23 and then just like a, a blessing over Sue. And um, anyway, even though I knew that she hadn't been able to speak for probably about 24 hours now, I just felt God say to me, like, why don't you speak to her? So I was just like, okay, hi, Sue. You know, like, what an idiot, because she's not going to answer that. um, She just, like, opens her eyes, and she's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, "Um, I've come to see you. Like, you're in hospital. And um, the doctors just, like, turned around, and they were like, what? Um, And I was like, yeah, my dad was like, what? And, I mean, obviously, it was just crazy. And so we ended up like going from like meant to be saying goodbye to her um, to like just having a yarn about what I was going to have for dinner. Um, and yeah, and I, I, kind of, I kind of didn't really understand or comprehend what had happened. Um, I knew that it had not been me that had healed Sue. I knew that it had been God. Um, and talking to my pastor about it afterwards, I kind of learnt and that experience that actually potentially I'd had the gift of healing and I hadn't known it until I actually pushed into it. What was cool about that experience though, was that coming from a family that doesn't, uh, doesn't believe in Jesus was that like my dad and, uh, and Sue and, and others just totally owned the fact that it was a miracle. Um, and they were like, without your prayers, she wouldn't have got better. And I was like, it's such an amazing example um, for me of the power of spiritual giftings because um, not only do they they bless others, but they also like reveal the nature of God. Um, and yeah, so for me, that was like um, a pretty amazing experience and, and an example of how I came to know what one of my giftings were. Now, in saying that, like there are plenty of times when I've prayed since and for people and probably people that are listening here and no healing has taken place. But there's also been other times where I've prayed for people when they've said they felt better or the pain is eased. Um, certainly the experience I had with Sue was the most dramatic I've ever had. The gifts we've been given 
you know, have the power to bring immense change into people's lives. But I think we have to remember as well with a story like that and with any story when it comes to giftings is that um, the gifts that are provided to us are in God's grace. Um, he will give us the ability to deploy them in the right timing um, and in line with his will if we're listening to him. That means there will also be times when our spiritual giftings may be difficult to put to use or there may be obstacles in our way, whether that's spiritual or physical. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with us or that we don't have enough faith. I think fortunately what's also important to remember when we're thinking about giftings and, and doing things for God in this way is that our salvation isn't determined by what we achieve for God or any of the amazing feats that we perform. Um, but that is not what this is about. The use of spiritual gifts is about being faithful to God's calling in our life um, and using what he has given us to the very best of our ability uh, to bring the advancement of his kingdom. We can, I think, begin uh, to push into this by having an openness of humbly coming to God and asking him to reveal to us which spiritual gifts he's placed within us and how he wants us to use them. Discovering your spiritual gifts is a lifelong process. So I don't think at the end of the 10-week series, we're all going to have necessarily like a list of what we know are our giftings. But what I think would be cool is, um, is that we seek and ask God to reveal uh, the things that he has given to us. And also, I think, holding in tension the fact that we need to um, sometimes just push into spaces um, and know that our giftings will be revealed to us in the actual action of doing things, um, kind of similar to, to what my experience like was like with Sue. So yeah, I suppose my second point in that sense is that in order to find our gifts, we need to be prepared to explore and ask God to, to reveal them to us. So um, I know this woman, and this is sort of sidetrack story, but we will, we will look back. Um, I know this woman in my family, um, I won't mention who she is, she, she, um, she, didn't grow up, she didn't grow up with a lot of money. And uh, when she married her husband, they became farmers and they like, lived in the middle of the weir, nowhere doing farming things. Um, I won't explain that to blueprinters, but it's, it's, yeah, it's something that happens outside of Wellington. Um, so uh, she had to learn how to be self-sufficient because like the nearest town was like an hour away and she had sewed her own clothes and grew her own vegetables and gave herself her own haircuts. Um, so, I mean, she actually probably would fit into Blueprint in that sense. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So they had like large bank loans and were at the mercy of the weather sort of to determine if their crops would grow and the cattle would be fed. And I know there were plenty of times where they were sort of verging on um, bankruptcy. And during that time, she learned there was nothing that could go to waste. And uh, yeah, it's funny. You fast forward 50 years now um, and they are retired and they live in this beachfront property, um, not so blueprintish. And <laughs> their house is huge and they have lots of money. And what's interesting for me when I go and stay with them is that um, like we'll go to the supermarket and um, like she doesn't act like she's rich at all, even though like, I know she's loaded. Um, and we go to the supermarket and I'm like, she'll splash out on me like I'm visiting. We go to the bargain bin and she's just in there getting all the cheap cuts of meat and she's complaining if things are too expensive. She'll like go around the aisles and not buy products if she knows that there's going to be a special on next week. And I'm like, man, if I had your money, I'd be eating out every night, you know, like nothing would be a bother. 
but she's like, you know, still has the vegetable garden, never gets takeaways, really buys new clothes. Um, and even one time I, when I was staying with him, I was like um, wanting to do some washing and she's like, oh, you've, you, know, you know, haven't your parents taught you well enough? Like you can't do your washing whenever you want to do it. You might wear the washing machine now. And I was like, what? I was like, isn't the washing machine meant to wear out? I'm like, I don't know. I've never heard of someone like conserving their washing machine. But anyway. Um, yeah, so she's very rich and she lives in this mansion. But in, in some ways, like she's still very poor. It's like she hasn't yet been able to accept that she's materially rich. And I remember talking to her about this one day and drawing on some wisdom that I learned from a spiritual teacher of mine called Oprah Winfrey. Um, Oprah, <laughs> Oprah did this series uh, like about 10 or 15 years ago and, uh, and it was all about using your good things. And in the show, she encouraged people to really enjoy and use the things that they had brought instead of like putting them away. And so she like got people that had like brought new lounge sets and couches and covered them in like that horrible plastic and got them to sort of take the plastic off and people that had brought nice shoes but never wanted to wear them um, and the whole thing was kind of like you know use your good cutlery and kind of really enjoy the things that you've been given because you don't know how long you have them for and I think when thinking about our spiritual giftings we also need to be reminded to use our good things because the thing with giftings as well unlike other material things on offer is that they can be used and used and used again the gifts that we have been given are not to be saved for a special day. They're not ornaments to be put on display uh, to gather up dust. They're gifts which, unlike most worldly things, they don't wear down. They don't get rusty or cracked. In fact, they actually get better with use. They become more refined and more sharp and the more that we engage with them. And I think that's um, like a really beautiful thing to remember that even though these things are so precious, that God actually really wants us to, to get out there and use them. But there's some things that can get in the way of this. Tim Keller, who I mentioned before, talks about these two things called gift cop-out and gift projection. So he says that every single one of the gifts that um, is in the Bible is also a task or an assignment given to all Christians. So while not all evangelists, while we're not all evangelists, um, everyone is still called to be a witness. And while we may not all have the gifting of being a pastor, we're all called to serve. Um, gift cop-out is saying, since like I'm not gifted in that area, I don't have to do it. With the opposite, gift projection kind of works in two ways. The first is making yourself feel guilty that you aren't as gifted or as good as someone else which was kind of me. Um, and the second thing is uh, making, feel, making others feel guilty that you aren't as passionate or as good as they are or as you are at what the gifting is. It's like neither of those things are good. Instead, I think what we need to do is to work out how do we use our own gifts in the way that God has intended for us because God has placed individual giftings that are unique to our cause within ourselves. And I think it's really easy to, to look elsewhere in the church and go, oh man, but you know, Esme's got this gifting and Brooke's got this gifting and I don't have either of those. But really what we want to be asking is like, God has given you something because he believes that you can step into spaces um, and really bless people and build up his kingdom. And so those giftings are really important to know what they are. But it also can be difficult in a culture like ours 
um, culturally as Kiwis, we can sometimes be shy to show off our talents. And I think it's out of like a real sense of humility. You know, I know like a ton of really talented people, lots of people, you know, in Blueprint are really talented, but they would never admit it or sometimes even show it. As Christians, you know, I think humility is obviously really important. What we've been given is not for our glory, but for God's having the, the gifts that we have, they shouldn't be bringing attention to us, but revealing the kingdom that God is trying to build. And Paul warns us in uh, Romans 12 to be humble with our gifts. Um, however, I think the danger is that our humility around spiritual giftings can turn into timidity. As I said, the Bible's really clear that we're to be a real humble people, but we're not called to be timid. Um, and I think there's a world of difference between those two things, especially when we're looking at spiritual giftings, which, as I said, are tools given to us by the Holy Spirit for the building up of his church and the blessing of others. You can't be timid with a hammer or a spanner or a saw. You need to learn to use them um, with skill and with effort. Otherwise, they're useless. And likewise, with our giftings, we need to learn how to use them well. Uh, in our use, we need to be humble with them and understand that what we wield is very special, but we also need to make sure we don't fall into timidity around using them. Not unlike the woman that I mentioned, it's important that we don't li live as if we are poor when we have something which we can continue to spend. We have come into possession of something that has infinite worth. Uh, let's not be stingy about it. Instead of selling ourselves and in doing that, selling God short, by not using what we have been given. We need to turn our minds to how we can implement and activate the amazing things that are sitting within us, especially given those gifts have the potential to really bless the people around us, people in our families, people in our workplaces, people in this community and in this city. So yeah, I think my third point would be that we really need to show humility in receiving the gifts, but not timidity in using them. I don't have too much longer. As I was, as we were praying this afternoon, I was, um, yeah, just reflecting on what it was that God wanted me to share. If there was anything else um, in this kind of brief overview before we dive into this series, and I really felt, um, yeah, as we were driving here and as we were worshiping, God just say to me, sorry, my brother's trying to call me, and um, God just say to me um, that God really wants you to have the gifts He has. And that's for all of us. Like he wants us to, he wants to cherish us and to show us how much he loves us. I have a few nieces and nephews and my mum, who is their grandmother, um, whenever she sees them, she just brings them like gifts upon gifts upon gifts. And I'm like, yeah, don't remember getting that when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> but like she just spoils them in, in such a beautiful way and shows so much unconditional love. Um, and it's just so beautiful to see. And she can't take her eyes off them when she's around them. And I think the question is kind of like, how much more so God? How much more so does God want us to accept the gifts that he has on offer? You know, he's such a good, good father. And his gifts are not going to let us down or fail us. They're not going to wear out. Um, they're not going to burden us. They are solid as he is solid. And I think as we go into our discussion and into this week, I really encourage you to behold the one who can't take his eyes off you and that you can marinate in the vastness of his love because these gifts that we're going to explore in more detail 
are there purely because he loves us and he trusts us. Um, and he wants us to be able to navigate the challenges of this world, the challenges of being a Christian in a workplace or in a family or in a flat. Um, and he's given us these beautiful things that we'll learn about um, that help us to, to face those things that we really find hard. So, yeah, my encouragement to you is to come and receive. We have this really amazing, gentle, loving God. Um, let us approach him with our hands and our hearts open and behold the one who can't take his eyes off you.